Hey, it's Vegas Revealed, episode 76. Last week, we told you we traveled to Allegiant Stadium. Well, while we were there, we got a one-on-one interview with the president of the Las Vegas Raiders, who is looking forward to not only football season, but events, too. We have, I believe, 17 events in the next 16 weeks coming to this building. So in addition to the Raider games that we're obviously excited for as an organization, we're excited to be a part of bringing Las Vegas back. Yeah, the events have started, and we'll be talking about those coming up. Plus, a billion-plus dollar win for the state of Nevada when it comes to gaming, and a California woman hit a jackpot of her own. We'll tell you where. And Caesars Palace gets a facelift, plus the Bellagio Buffet returns. All that coming up on Vegas Revealed. Spin it, Joe. time for episode 76 of Vegas Revealed. Sean McAllister and Dana Roselli here and all recovered from the long 4th of July weekend in America. And man, it was a big one here in Las Vegas, Dana. This was the official uh, grand reopening of Las Vegas with shows and fireworks and really everything being back open. I know it was good to see us on, you know, all the national broadcasts, you know, showing the fireworks. We had fireworks at 11 p.m. this year across the Strip. Now, usually we just have them at like Caesars Palace on the Strip at like 9 p.m., but this was a big event. I was driving home from a friend's house and I was going over that Desert Inn overpass and there were cars lined up. Not the best decision because it didn't seem very safe, but people wanted to see these fireworks. They did. I mean, and it is a spectacular thing to see when properties up and down the Las Vegas Strip are shooting off those pyrotechnic displays. Um, But the the reason that the fireworks were so late at 11 o'clock at night is because we had performers like Bruno Mars and Miley Cyrus performing, and they were waiting for everybody to be able to get out of those shows to come out and enjoy the fireworks. I know. That was really cool. And we had talked about this before, about obviously the huge screen on the side of Resorts World. So when I said I was going over the DI overpass, well, I was also watching Miley Cyrus perform (laughs) on the side of the building. But I was like, wow, this really works. What a great promotion for the city and for shows there, because it makes you want to go. It does. You know, it's like, the envy kind of thing (laughs) that goes on inside your brain. Like, oh man, I wish I'd gotten a ticket to that. Right, that looks fun. But it looked like a great show and boy, she looked like a real rock star. So a lot of fun uh, there and Resorts World is now like officially, officially open. Yes. (laughs) And uh, with the 4th of July, Las Vegas is also now officially, officially open too. So we're, we're here, we're ready. And Dana, it looks like People are coming and they are spending some money at the tables and at the slot machines. I I mean, I can't believe the numbers that came in. You know, we forgot to chat about this last week when they first came out, but we've got to go over this because we set a record. And who would think like, you know, after a year where we're pretty much, you know, shut down or at 25% and people weren't coming in and they had to wear masks that we would break a record, but... We did. Nevada casinos took in a record $1.23 billion in winnings in May. Unreal. This broke a record from October of 2007, which was $1.165 billion. So I mean, it's absolutely nuts. And tourists have been coming back to Las Vegas uh, for the past several months, and uh, casinos have now 
taken in revenues over $1 billion for three months in a row. So not only people are coming here, but they're spending money on gaming, which is huge because we've we'd seen the gaming numbers drop and money being spent on retail and dining and all the the ancillary stuff but gaming is is back in the mix in a big way it really is i mean really the numbers are and and we say all of nevada you know we have obviously casinos across nevada up in tahoe but Mm -hmm. the big you know bulk of it comes from the las vegas strip and it was uh in may when we recorded this one point two three billion dollar haul uh, we had 2.9 million visitors here in las vegas for the month of may and that was up 12 percent just from april so i mean a 12 percent increase month to month is pretty big yeah, and hardly and in no conventions no, no big conventions. no massive conventions we had and, world of concrete but i think that was early june right and no like big production shows either mm-hmm. cirque du soleil just started up again and all these other big shows just starting up so you know it's good to see that people came here and you know in the absence of spending on other things they spent on on slot machines yeah well and and that's the thing i mean we we got to talk about graciella from santa clarita california she hit it big at the sahara and everyone's you know talking about it but it's things like this it's like you know this is such great promotion for las vegas because when people see uh, someone like that winning $1.39 million on a slot machine, uh, it makes you want to come and, and risk take, right? And go, I want to play the slots and I want to win. And obviously we have big, big, you know, big gamblers that come into town and play the tables and, you know, that are regulars and all that. But something like this is that simple, simple win of putting some money into a Buffalo slot and winning the jackpot. Yeah, Graciela, congratulations. She was playing the Buffalo game, which the uh, I always hit the Buffalo games when I'm at the casino, but I have never hit a $1.39 million jackpot. And hey, it was a good decision for her to come and spend Fourth of July weekend right here in Las Vegas. She won the progressive jackpot. Funny the responses we're getting on Twitter because you oh, know, a okay. lot of the men out there are going, well, hey, what I really want to know is, hey, girl, hey, girl, you single? <laughs> <laughs> People come out of the woodwork. Oh, they do. And, you know, she's she's a young gal, so she looks younger. So she's got a whole life ahead of her to spend that 1.3 mil. How funny. Oh, my gosh. Oh, people, my gosh. People are funny on Twitter. I mean, you and I send each other tweets all day long at the we comments because we can't believe what some people write well i feel like twitter is the uh social media equivalent of sitting on the strip and people watching it's true kind of you know you're right um (laughs) and real quick speaking of the sahara i went to to visit uh tom george who was in town from hawaii he's been on the podcast before he's a anchor in hawaii he used to work here in las vegas he was in town doing some coverage of las vegas for the hawaiian market anyway met up with him at the sahara and you know they have a couple good happy hours going throughout and i was just taking note even in the casino and stuff they've really done so many wonderful improvements over there so if you 
can, now we know that the slots do really well at $1.39 million. But if you can check out the Sahara, it's a it's a nice stop in. Really, really nice uh, renovations that they've done over there. And I went to the Cast Bar and they had a good little happy hour. I think it was like three to five. Hey, and I know that Sahara has uh, a bunch of strip side restaurants that are uh, opening up soon too. Yeah. So keep an eye on that. Uh, speaking of things opening and being renovated, Caesar's Palace, one of the most iconic properties on the Las Vegas Strip, is about to unveil a renovation of its own. Yeah, the main entrance to the property apparently is going to be entirely rebuilt from the ground up, which will apparently, you know, up the game when folks arrive. You know, the first impression, the first grand entrance. They have competition now. Um, they always have, but, you know, more and more resorts are opening, like Resorts World and Circa and Virgin. Well, and I, I wonder, too, if uh, since properties like Caesars are moving more toward uh, le- electronic check-in, remote check-in, where you don't have to go up to the desk, wait in line. They've installed kiosks recently where you can take your uh, room confirmation right up to the kiosk, a lot like you do at the airport to print your tickets and get your uh, room assignment all figured out that way without having to go up and actually talk to a person at the desk. And it looks like, as I'm just looking at a rendering here, and it looks like as part of this redesign, that massive check-in counter that really spans the entire lobby right now might be shrunk down considerably. And something else that I'm seeing, Dana, is that it looks like that fountain that's in the Caesars lobby is going to be taken out of there too. Last time I was walking through the Caesars Palace lobby, I did see somebody do a belly flop Uh-oh. into that fountain. <laughs> so that I think that could be in part of the motivation to right. Possibly. <laughs> redesign that entrance. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, and they're going to keep, and I don't know if that's going to be a different statue, but a 15 foot tall statue of Augustus Caesar will be there too. I know they yep. have one there now. I don't know if it'll be the same statue or maybe they're going to redo it or, or what that's going to be. But also um, it's going to apparently be this big dramatic soaring dome and barreled ceiling. They are also adding two new state of the art gaming pits, which will flank the entrance there. And then the new lobby bar will be there and a renovation of the property's legendary domed table game floor as well. So a lot of different things happening at the entrance. Very cool. Can't wait to see that again over at Caesars Palace. Yeah. And in our tips coming up, we're going to tell you how some of the changes may affect you if you're someone that loves to go to Caesars Palace. Maybe you stay there when you're coming into Las Vegas or maybe you're even a local because there's some major changes that will go on why that renovation is taking place. Also still to come, uh, as we mentioned in the open we are talking with the president of the las vegas raiders we caught up with him over at allegiant stadium that's still to come um but first dana i know a lot of people are always interested when buffets are back in action on the las vegas strip and yet another one uh this time over at bellagio has reopened well, and it's funny because someone recently asked us, like, what are your top episodes? And we were, like, trying to think, and we were looking at them, and we're like, well, Debbie Gibson and uh, the buffet at Caesars Open. <laughs> That's yeah. our second, like, top, you know, people are interested in the buffets. It's a huge part of the Las Vegas experience, and there was a time there where people thought they would never return because of COVID. Like, the, everything's going to change, you know, they're not going to do it anymore. And But the Bellagio Buffet opens on July 16th, and pricing is Monday through Thursday, thirty nine ninety nine 
Thanksgiving, Friday, Saturday, $45.99. Children 5 and under eat complimentary. Children 6 to 11 eat for 50% off. So the Bellagio is reopening its buffet July 16th. And uh, buffets are always a good option if you're coming here. It's an experience, you know. It's it is. something different. You'd at least try it once. Yeah. And, you know, make sure it's a day where you're really, really hungry and you can keep going up. Or in this case, you know, sometimes they're doing the ones where you just pick up a plate or where you actually get served. Every buffet's doing something a little different. But you know what? That's the problem. Why I don't go to buffets very often is because I always get full too soon. I know. I can never... But I feel like when I'm home, I'm like a bottomless pit. Mm -hmm. But when I actually go to a buffet and I need to be hungry and, you know, really take advantage of the ticket price. Yeah. I can't do it. I know. You feel like you let yourself down. Yes. You know, you got to get your money's worth. I think I saw someone on, on Twitter, too, saying that the prices at the Caesars buffet are going up because the demand is, like, so high. I mean, so apparently people love them. Right. <laughs> you know, and people are willing to... Uh, spend that money and see how many times I can get up there. I know. For some people, though, you know, they don't feel it's worth it. Like, I can't get my money's worth. So, you know, do what's best for you. But anyway, Bellagio opening. That's cool. I think we mentioned Excalibur's reopening their buffet, which is a good one. The Wynn is now open. And then Caesars is open and Cosmopolitan. And MGM Grand. Right. And Circus Circus, too, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Allegiant Stadium, that's, of course, the home to the Las Vegas Raiders. And it is also now home to some pretty major events and concerts here in Las Vegas. Right. That stadium is, yes, going to be, you know, the place for the Las Vegas Raiders to play and UNLV, our college here in town. But like you said, it's set up to host a number of events and world-class entertainment and concerts uh, throughout the upcoming years. And, you know, it's really all starting to kick off. They just had their first concert or festival-ish concert at Allegiant Stadium uh, just right around the 4th of July weekend. Yeah, July 3rd. So it was, you know, the, the holiday weekend crowd that was in town. A lot of those people went to uh, see Elenium mm -hmm. perform. And this was the first ticketed show inside Allegiant Stadium. It was absolutely sold out, which is astonishing. When you think of, you know, the arena holds mm. 60 plus thousand people just for a football game. But this was set up for a concert with, you know, room down on the floor also. And we know there's a lot of other events planned. Obviously, Garth Brooks will finally be able to do his kickoff concert. Uh, Sean, you're going to that. So it's something that we'll talk about in the next podcast, obviously, because you haven't gone yet. <laughs> right. July 10th is Garth Brooks at Allegiant Stadium. Even though this, our podcast is out, you know, we record this a day right. or two before. So Sean hasn't actually gone to the concert yet. But one thing we did go to was a food tasting at Allegiant Stadium. We talked about that last week. But while we were there, we caught up with the president of the Las Vegas Raiders, Mark Bedane. And what an honor. What a nice guy. You know, we chatted with him, which we thought we were going to get a couple questions. But we got into this deep conversation about, first of all, how incredible this stadium is and also all the things that it's going to host and its purpose besides just football. So we're here with uh, Raiders president Mark Bedane and I know that we're here to get a taste of Allegiant Stadium but first I know we're inching closer and closer to the day when you can have ticketed fans inside of Allegiant Stadium for Raiders games. 
how's that making the organization feel? We had a chance to open the building up to our PSL holders a few months ago, brought them in, let them sit in their seat, but there's nothing like the experience of a live game. Obviously, last year we were happy we were able to play the games, but it wasn't the same thing. And our fans have responded incredibly in terms of purchasing for uh, the games and tickets and, and, and all the product here, and they just can't wait. Uh, you got to remember, our fans have been coming to a stadium that really wasn't up to standard. And they've been on the road and they've gone to all the stadiums that have been built around the league for decades. And they deserved one of their own, and now they have the best one in the league in this city. So the enthusiasm, the excitement that we get from all of our fans that are season ticket holders, as well as fans from around the country that we've gotten to know over the years, that they just can't wait to come here. They can't wait to be in this building. They can't wait to say, this is ours. And it is theirs. It's their stadium, too. You'll see a lot of the history of the Raiders scattered throughout. And that was important to Mark, to Mark Davis, that this stadium be about the organization and, and be about a... Um, the history and the tradition and the legacy of the Raiders and what his father built, and the fans are going to love it. What I was going to say, it's interesting because you've, you've almost had like an extra year to get ready, and it feels like, I mean, I know it's like, it, it's like a grand opening in many ways, although it has been open. So it's got to feel good for you to like finally rip the Band-Aid off and show everyone this place. Absolutely. It's 2.0, right? It's... Um, we obviously wanted to open it up to the fans last year, but we made the best of it. And we have, I believe, 17 events in the next 16 weeks coming to this building. So in addition to the Raider games that we're obviously excited for as an organization, we're excited to be a part of bringing Las Vegas back and bringing all these events, concerts and soccer and rugby and some other events that uh, we're still working on and haven't been announced. Uh, but, but bringing the tourists back for those events. And then obviously the, the 10 Raider games and the six UNLV games that will be here every single year. Um, it's going to be pretty special. And for fans who haven't had the opportunity to come and see this building yet, to go on a tour, which, by the way, Allegiant Stadium is open for tours. You can get that on the Allegiant Stadium website. Um, what are the firsts that they'll find in this building? And by first, I mean things that they will not see in any other NFL stadium in the country. I appreciate the tour plug, so thank you very much. Well, I'd say the beauty of the building, while, while not a first, it's just a gorgeous structure. And when Mark designed it with the architect, David Manica, his, his goal was to, to build something iconic and that belonged in this city's skyline. This is uh, one of the most famous skylines in the world, and you couldn't just build a, a stadium that had no character and no um, artistic value to it. So uh, I think just driving up to it from the different angles, you're, you're seeing an impressive facade from every angle, and it's just, if a building can be sexy, this building is sexy. When you get in it, we had the benefit and, unfortunately, the distinction of going last, meaning that all the other teams have had a chance to build a stadium, and so we've had a chance to see what worked, what we liked, and what we didn't like, and try to incorporate all of that here. One of the things that uh, some people may not notice is it's very easy to circumnavigate. You can get around the building very easily, and that's good for both your fans as well as from an operation standpoint, and then that'll improve speed of service everywhere you go. You start talking about the premium areas. We have nine clubs, so you have a bunch of different areas that people can uh, use the building for at Raider Games as well as other events. Uh, and then if you want to talk first, you got to talk about the Winfield Club, which has obviously gotten a lot of attention. And we've, we've been contacted by almost every team in the league about what the inspiration was behind that and how, uh, how we designed it and how we developed it. And that's going to be a really one-of-a-kind experience for people that get to enjoy that. The club you're standing in right now will provide unparalleled access to the field. You'll be right behind the bench on either the home side or the visitor's side, so you'll just be that close. 
And then when you get a chance to get in here, you'll just see the intimacy of the building. There's really no bad seat. I know they say that everywhere, but we didn't overbuild. It's 62,000 uh, fixed seats, and then there's a couple of thousand SROs. So it has the feel of almost a really large arena from an intimacy standpoint, while also having the size and scale of a football facility. Uh, and I can't imagine how loud it's going to be in here. Right? We've been in some of the dome stadiums, and the, the decibel level is incredible. And then when you mix that with the, the passion of the Raider fans and what you see from the Las Vegas fan, it's going to be deafening. It's going to be a real home field advantage. And I think it's cool when you when you hear about, you know, a stadium and obviously the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, we have listeners from all over the country, all over the world. But if they say, well, I'm not interested in football. But but what you keep pointing out is, I mean, this is going to be a place where we're going to see a variety of things happen. I have people talking about the WWE SummerSlam and how excited they are about that. I mean, this is going to be a place where if you're visiting Las Vegas or you live here or, you know, you live nearby and you drive in, that people can come for some of the biggest events really around the world. That's a, it's a great question. It's a great point. We, when this idea started five years ago, that was really the idea behind it, is that Las Vegas did not have that last piece of infrastructure. It has pretty much everything else, but it did not have a large-scale venue. So it made sense to bring that here, and we're seeing the demand from every concert promoter, every large-scale event promoter. They've all wanted to come here, but they didn't have a place where they could, uh, where they could play. So um, it worked. The idea worked, the execution worked, and now you're seeing the benefit of that with the programming that you're going to see over the next few years. And today we're here getting a, a taste of the food and beverage that's going to be available here. Uh, what makes that unique in a city like Las Vegas? This is probably, if, if not the, the, the best culinary experience in the world, I, I'd put it up against any city, any market. And so that expectation is a high one. So we knew that going in, and so we spent a lot of time talking with all the different people in this space. And Levy was by far and away the easy choice, uh, in addition to the footprint that they have here. Just what they, the, the vision that they were going to present for Las Vegas uh, was one that, that matched what the Raiders wanted. And then we spent a lot of time, the owner included, um, curating the different food options, going through uh, certain ideas and certain concepts, ones that worked, ones that didn't, ones that made sense with the Raider brand, ones that made sense for a variety that you want to see in a building like this. And it really needs to be an exceptional experience. So we brought in some national as well as some local chefs and some concepts that people will recognize. And then we created some of our own and the variety is, is exceptional. So if you're coming to all these games, you don't have to eat the same thing every single game. We have a chance to try a lot of things. And then, as we mentioned earlier, we have the fan-friendly pricing that you've seen some other stadiums do. Because it really doesn't make sense to, to have a family that, that comes here that doesn't want to spend $50, $100 on a food experience, but can get a hot dog and a, and a Coke and a pretzel for their family and spend 20 30 bucks. Um, you should have that option for people. You know, It really should be something that's available. So that was an easy decision for us to bring into the building as well. We're going to go taste some food. Thank you for joining us. Raiders president Mark Bodane, we can't wait to be back in this building to see some football out on that field. Look forward to having you. It was great to chat with with Mark Bedane and, you know, the other executives from the Las Vegas Raiders. And what was really neat is uh, after this tasting event, which we were at Allegiant Stadium for, Mark Bedane said, hey, since we're here, who wants to go on an <laughs> impromptu arena tour and I'll take you around the stadium 
from my perspective. I mean, what a tour guide, right? It doesn't get any better than that. That was exciting. We went into the the football player locker room, the Raiderette locker room. We got to see all the different hallways lined with art, and he was explaining us the meaning behind everything. We got to see some of the club lounges. What a great tour. And if anyone says you went on a tour, I'm like, yeah, but with like the president of the Las Vegas Raiders, it's kind of a big deal. Well, and, you know, big kudos to the Raiders organization for putting people in 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 charge, essentially, who are just such great down to earth people. I love that. And I think that's from the top down, just great people in the Raiders organization. Definitely. And listen back to episode 75 if you do want more detail on the food that we're talking about. It's the wide range of food that they're going to offer at Allegiant Stadium. It's pretty incredible. Everything from a $3 menu and up. Uh, And by the way, just circling back to events at Allegiant Stadium, uh, the Elenium concert was the first time that the Wynn Field Club, which is essentially a nightclub inside Allegiant Stadium at field level, was open. So Wynn Field Club now open for business, and they'll continue that for uh, football games when we get into NFL Season 2. All right, let's get to some tips. Uh, Why don't we hit the one that we were talking about earlier that has to do with Caesar's Palace first? Uh, Earlier, we told you that Caesar's Palace is totally redoing the iconic lobby at that property. And with that construction is going to come some changes that you need to take note of, uh, whether you're staying at Caesar's Palace or just visiting, Dana. Right. Now, during construction, which is taking place from July through December... Here are some of the changes, okay? And I feel like these affect a lot of people because they're the main areas that you're used to going to. So we're talking about the main valet off Las Vegas Boulevard is going to accommodate the Caesars Rewards Diamond and Seven Star members only. So, you know, if you're a local or if you're just visiting, you're not a Caesars Rewards member, you're not going to be able to park there. But the Coliseum Valet, now that's the ground floor of the Caesars Palace self-parking garage that's in the back right off Frank Sinatra, that's going to accommodate all valet guests. So you got to enter through the back now if you want a valet. The rideshare pickup and drop-off will be relocated to the exit doors uh, right next to the Vanderpump Cocktail Garden. So kind of a different location there. And it took me a minute to think about that. Is it those doors that kind of push open to the side of it? Yeah, it's it's kind of back behind the Coliseum. Right. So I bet they'll put up a sign or something that will say rideshare here, I'm assuming, uh, so people can find that because that's a little tricky. And then the express hotel check-in and check-out kiosk will be placed at all available entrances so that, Hmm. you know, if you have to enter in a different place and not through the front, you'll be able to find your way. All right. So they're getting people used to those electronic check-ins in this interim period, too, which is good. Uh, So again, Caesars Palace, lots of changes to make note of. Um, Dana, I'm glad you you ran us through that list of the the changes because otherwise I'd have gone down there and <laughs> been lost. I right. wouldn't have known what to do. Uh, so my tip of the week is uh, at Maggiano's Little Italy. This is an Italian restaurant that is on, I think, the second floor uh, over at the fashion show. Yes. The retail complex that sits right across the street from the Wynn. Uh, Maggiano's has been there for years. It's great. The great part about it is it's at the fashion show, which is a mall, but it faces the strip and the wind, so the view is great. 
there's great views, great views, great food. They have family style options there in addition to the individual entrees. But what I wanted to mention about that is that uh, right now through August 11th, Maggiano's also has a special menu uh, that benefits the Make-A-Wish organization. And if you order any item off of this menu, a portion of that sale goes to Make-A-Wish. And there's some good stuff on this menu, Dana. Talking about lobster fondue, Mm. Parmesan-crusted scallops. Scallops are my favorite. I love it. A Florentine-stuffed chicken breast, banana-split cheesecake for dessert, a lemon-drop martini, and there's also Wish Lemonade that is uh, lemonade and uh, vanilla. Okay. So, so that's pretty yummy. Yeah, great. And it always helps when you can order something that's uh, great at a restaurant and a portion goes to a good cause. So it's good to let people know that. And like you mentioned, they do do the family style. That's an option if you've got a bigger party. And that's what I love because there are some places that you go to and it's only family style. Right. But here, if you want to, you know, just order off the menu, you can. Or if you want to do the family style package, you can do that. And I recommend the stuffed mushrooms, too. They're delicious. Oh, I've never had those. Oh, they're so good because they're like really big mushroom caps. Yeah. And yeah, they're stuffed with all sorts of Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Ugh, I want to go back. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so Maggiano is a great place, a great tip, too, when you have a special menu like that. By the way, I think also if you order any pasta dish on the menu, um, you can get a, a take-home uh, container of any other pasta on the menu for like five bucks or something. Okay. Yeah, that's a great deal. We ordered um, from Uber Eats. I don't do that a lot, but my neighbors, we were I was going over there for dinner, and they ordered Maggiano's, too, to be delivered. And I must say, like, because usually I'm iffy about delivery, but, like, the food was hot. It was packaged really well. And when we spread it out, I mean, just here's a little tip. If you want to pretend that you cooked... You could probably <laughs> dump those onto some serving plates and everything would look just fine. It was really good with all the pasta on the side and they gave you bread and the whole nine. Uh. So, um, One other quick mention, we're going to throw in a third tip and it, it, it's along the lines of restaurants. So El Dorado Cantina is a popular Mexican restaurant here in Las Vegas. There is one that's just behind the strip right next to a male strip club which is a uh, sapphire and people think it's inside sapphire but it's not it's got its own entrance but it's kind of a fun place open 24 hours they opened a new one at tivoli village which is more on the west side of las vegas kind of a little bit more north great location always busy always pumping and now they have opened another one in the southwest part of the valley and so a lot of folks that live out that way are excited that they'll have a el dorado cantina to drive to that's a little bit closer and the menu's huge so so whatever you want, you know, they, they have. And you and I, I remember when we went there to the, the first time it opened, the one at Tivoli, we really loved the mushroom portobello tacos yes. more than anything. Oh, those they are, are delicious. So the vegetarian good. tacos. They're amazing. Yeah. Highly recommend those. And this one, uh, this new one's over near the 215 and Durango area. It's like Sunset and Durango over in that vicinity. It's kind of the old uh, No Regrets bar, it used to be called, but now oh, they've okay, moved yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. So there's El Dorado Cantinas pretty much in, in every part of town. Yep. Easy access. Easy access. Easy access. And- hey, thanks so much for uh, joining us on episode 76 of Vegas Revealed. Just a quick reminder that we do have a link down in our show notes that'll take you directly to our Vegas Revealed merchandise store. And there you can find everything from 
iPhone cases to T-shirts, tank tops, coffee mugs, fanny packs, anything that you can think of pretty much, you can slap a Vegas Revealed logo on <laughs> and uh, get something from the, the store. Yeah. And we have some other Vegas merch in there too. So that's a wrap for episode 76. I'm heading back to upstate New York to to visit with my parents and go to my godson's graduation party. Then I'm coming home. Then Sean's going to upstate New York to visit his family. <laughs> so we're here and there and everywhere, but we're going to keep pumping out content for you. And uh, we have a special podcast coming up on the 31st that uh, kind of includes some of Sean and I's favorite moments through the years, very Vegasy moments, celebrity interactions, funny stories um, that we have coming up on episode 79. And uh, sandwiched right in between there, we have another brand new interview with Las Vegas headliner, longtime headliner, and media sensation Chris Angel, who is just a mogul. He's built an incredible business, and he has added to uh, his business portfolio recently and we're gonna sit down and talk to him about absolutely everything yeah and we are taking a road trip for this one so there's yeah this is a really cool story we hope that you'll listen to that um next week i think it's time to maybe order up a, a martini or something for the flight let me hit the call button dana captain on behalf of the flight crew thank you for flying with us and have a pleasant day let's go Let's go.